There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Well, thank you for tuning in again today to the podcast. This is Friday. We're closing out our week in Psalm 18, and how we thank the Lord for it. We're looking at a statement here made in Psalm 18, the Psalm of David. Uh, we'll read from the beginning, including the introduction to the psalm. Where he says, to the chief musician, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who spake unto the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And he said, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. It's seven times the possessive expression of my. It belongs to him. Ownership is his. He has that relationship, if you will. And so we see that mentioned here. And the one thing I want to look at today with the Lord's help, I skipped over it the last couple of days to come back and focus an entire podcast on this statement. But he simply said, my God. And what a wonderful statement. What a wonderful testimony. My God. Personal relationship. I know him. He knows me. He's my God. And we see this in the faith of Jesus Christ. We see this as a Messianic psalm. And one of the things that I will expound on just briefly, I don't want to go too far in the Messianic psalms. I don't want to go too far saying, well, that's got to be Jesus Christ. That has to be Jesus Christ. I certainly don't want to go outside the bounds of Scripture and trying to prove that something is Jesus Christ. And so I want to let the psalms speak for themselves. Again, that's why we've looked at these issues, crying aloud, called upon the Lord, uh, the compassing about. The sorrow, the tears, the weeping, we see these things associated throughout the Psalms with Jesus Christ, not completely in every case, but in most cases, when you see those expressions or those words, we see Jesus Christ. Here, when he says, my God, we see this throughout the Psalms continually as Jesus Christ. And we'll look at Psalm 3 and verse 7 to begin that. It's not always exclusively Jesus Christ. It's not always a Psalm of Messiah. But oftentimes, this expression of my God is, so I just want to look at that expression through the scriptures. Psalms 3 and verse 7, arise, O Lord, save me, O my God. There it is again, my God, that possessive. And then there's a colon there, so we have a new sentence, for thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone, thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly, salvation belongeth unto the Lord, thy blessing is upon thy people. And so again, we see he is my God, it is personal. It's that relationship of the Son to the Father. Psalm 5 and verse 2, hearken unto the voice of my cry. There's that beautiful word of my cry. My King and my God. For unto thee will I pray. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning. O Lord, in the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. So again, the possessive. It's my God. And again, we see in the scriptures as we go through these Psalms, oftentimes we do see Jesus Christ. 
And in Psalm 7 and 1, he says, O Lord, my God, in thee do I put my trust. Save me from all them that persecute me and deliver me. So the psalmist here starts the expression, O Lord, my God. And then in verse 2, he says, lest he tear my soul like a lion, rending it in pieces while there is none to deliver. And so again, he goes on with this matter of my God. And later on, the psalm, he said, God judges the righteous. How is he judging? He's judging according to him, according to my God. And he judges righteously, and he judges the righteous with that righteousness. I mean, maybe a tongue twister there is a little bit confusing, but the righteous God judges the righteous in righteousness. That's not a tongue twister. It's just a statement of doctrine. In Psalm 13, in verse 3, he says, Consider and hear me, O Lord, my God. Lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest mine enemies say I have prevailed against him, and those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted in thy mercy, my heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. In verse 2, he said that he having sorrow in mine heart daily. And again, here we do see a messianic psalm. I personally believe this is Jesus Christ in the garden as he prays. And again, the Word of God is, is given to us to have that understanding and to see Jesus Christ throughout the Scriptures. And I do pray that we would see him. In Psalm 18, in our text, in verse 6, he says, In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. Now we know this is Jesus Christ. Three times it's mentioned after this in this psalm. Six times totally it's mentioned in this psalm, the possessive of my God. Uh, verse 21 of the text, for I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. In verse 28, and again in verse 29, for thou wilt light my candle. Why? He's the light of the world. That's the resurrection. That's uh, the, the, the light that Jesus Christ is. And God puts that light in him. He lights his candle. Why? He resurrects him. He gives him life. He says, the Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. For by thee I have run through a troop. And by my God have I leaped over a wall. What is he speaking of there? He's speaking of the resurrection of the dead. This is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. God lights his candle. My God have lit my candle. And then in verse 29, he says, and by my God, again, have I leaped over a wall. What is that? He, is, he has gone into the heart of the earth. He's been made an offering for sin. His soul's been offered for sin in hell. He crosses that great gulf that is fixed. He enters into paradise, also known as Abraham's bosom. And from there, he has life through the resurrection of God. He is resurrected bodily from the grave, and he lives forevermore. And so again, though, we see that great expression of my God. Psalm 25 and verse 2, and I know sometimes it sounds like I'm flogging a dead horse. I feel like maybe I'm flogging a dead horse, but it's probably the wrong expression because this horse is alive. And so though I make the point extensively, each of these verses just points more and more to Jesus Christ. And so I believe it's important to give understanding of each of these verses in the Word of God. Psalm 25 and verse 2, he says, Oh my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Psalm 30 and verse 2, we see the faith of Jesus Christ, and the Word of God tells us this, O Lord my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. We see again in verse 12 of Psalm 30, to the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent, O Lord my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. And so again, we see Jesus Christ, we see him uh, in the possessive of my God. 
Psalm 31 and verse 14, this will be our last text concerning this in this passage. But I trusted in thee, O Lord, I said, thou art my God. Now let's go look at a very obvious Messianic Psalm in Psalm 22. Again, a Psalm of Messiah in verse 1, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? In verse 2, he says, O my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not, and in the night season, and am not silent. Now, we know, of course, on the cross with Jesus Christ, we see that in Matthew 27 and verse 46. The Word of God told us that uh, in the New Testament explains what Psalm 22 has already told us. And about the ninth hour, this is the fulfillment of the psalm. At about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some of them that stood there, when they heard that, said, this man calleth for Elias. They were misunderstanding why Jesus Christ was crying, why Jesus Christ was calling out. He wasn't calling for a man. He said, my God, my God, the personal, the relationship. Oh, my God, he says. In verse 15 of the book of Mark, in verse 34, uh, we see the same thing. The ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, that is which is being interpreted, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? In John chapter 20 and verse 17, we see a little bit different story that unfolds in the word of God. And we see that in Jesus Christ. He says in verse, 20, in verse 17, Jesus saith unto her, touch me not, for I'm not yet ascended to my father. There's that personal, there's that possessive again. But go to my brethren and say to them, I ascend unto my father and your father and to my God and your God. Where did we see that statement prior? Well, we saw that in the book of Ruth, in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Ruth tells Naomi in the lineage of Christ in verse 16 of the book of Ruth in chapter 1, and Ruth said, Entreat not to leave thee, or return from following after thee, for whither thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God, my God. So again, they know the scripture. They know this statement. They're familiar with this story. So in John 20 and verse 17, when Jesus Christ says, go to my brethren and say to them, I ascend unto my father and your father and to my God and your God. It's personal. He is their God, but he's also the God of Jesus Christ. He's the father of Israel, yet he's also the father of Jesus Christ. The spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. That's what he's given to the saints of God today. So we see this, my God, begins to take a life through the scriptures. And I've just begun to scratch the surface in a few places. We see Jacob in Genesis 28. We see Jacob refers to him simply as in the possessive of my God. We see that in Genesis 28 and verse 21. So I come again to my father's house in peace. Then shall the Lord be my God. We see that in, in the song of Moses, when God has delivered the children of Israel through the Red Sea, in Exodus 15, 2, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. He is my God. We saw that in Moses' swan song, if you will. Again, in Deuteronomy chapter 4, as Moses proclaiming the Most High God, he's about to leave this earth. He's about to depart without crossing over Jordan. But he says in Deuteronomy 4 and 5, Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me. So again, the possessive. Again, we see that in the life of Joshua, the successor to Moses. Joshua chapter 22. 
We see as Joshua is giving his farewell speech. Joshua is speaking to the children of Israel. Joshua 22 in verse 22. Again, he says this, the Lord God of gods, the Lord God of gods, he knoweth. And Israel he shall know. And if it be in rebellion or for transgression against the Lord, save us not this day that we have built us an offer, and excuse me, had built us an altar to turn from following the Lord, or if to offer thereon burnt offering or meat offering, or to offer peace offerings thereon, let the Lord himself require it. Why? He's speaking about the Lord. He's speaking about the Lord of Lords. We see that in David's life all through these Psalms when he says, my God. Second Chronicles 2 and 4, Solomon makes that reference of my God. And so again, we see it's personal, it's possessive, it's the word of God. John chapter 20, again, and I'm going to look at a different story, and I'm going to just read this briefly and we'll be done today. But Thomas, in verse 24, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciple therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. So the question is, did Thomas believe? Jesus told him, he said to reach forth, reach hither thy hand, thrust it into my side, be not faithless, but believing. What's the proof of Thomas's faith? Thomas answered and said unto him, my Lord and my God. Again, Thomas didn't feel Jesus Christ's hands. He didn't put his hand into his side. He didn't reach forth and thrust his hand into the side of the Savior, Jesus Christ. No, what he did is he believed him by faith. Be not faithless, but believing. He believed God. And because he believed God, it showed that he had faith. I know the monikers given to him for the ages of doubting Thomas, but the reality is it ought to be said of him he was believing Thomas. Because when Jesus Christ spake, he believed him. When the word of God came to him, he believed him. And what's the statement he made when the word of God appeared to him? My Lord and my God. Possess him. It's personal. Thomas said, I know you've resurrected. I know you're alive. I believe you're alive because not only have I seen you, but when you spake the words unto me, they were the words of eternal life. And Thomas said, my Lord and my God, that personal possessive of my, and oh, my friend, if we could each one say that, that he is my God and he is possessive. He belongs to us. He's not to manipulate him, not to do with him as we will, but because we're his. And because we are his, then he also is ours. We have that access to him. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. And then he goes on in verse 3 and 4. And he says, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from mine enemies. The sorrows of death compassed me, and the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. As we look at this messianic psalm, we want to look at the sorrows. We want to look at death. We want to look at hell. And we want to look at the life of Jesus Christ through faith. Can I just say today, thank the Lord for that possessive term, my God. That wonderful expression of my God. And as Thomas said, can I say today, my Lord and my God. 
What a privilege to know him. What a privilege to know the great God of heaven, to know him personally, that he would speak to me and commune with me and sup with me, and that I also might sup with him. What a wonderful privilege we have through Jesus Christ to say, my Lord and my God. I do pray that you have a wonderful weekend in the Lord. And seek the Lord this weekend. Be faithful to the house of God. And in all that you do, consider Jesus Christ. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. And he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelists.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church. 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Singing the glorious song of the redeemed.